Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Paradigm Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're grateful that you take the time out of your day to kind of watch our episodes and, and put your in information down in the box below. We want to hear from you. How can we follow you? How can we hear from you? Um, so just like always, we're going to jump in with a little bit of a disclaimer. So we here at Paradigm do not claim to have all the answers. We simply desire to be better each day. We make videos in the hope that other people that desire the same can use some of the tools we've discovered along our journey. So before we jump into this week's chapter, we want to urge you guys to subscribe to the channel, like the video, drop a comment down below, and hit that little bell next to subscribe so you guys can be notified whenever we drop a video. And we'd love to hear from you. So all the information you need will be down in the description box below. So the information used for this discussion this week comes from the book Outweeding the Devil by Napoleon Hill. And the chapter we're going to be discussing, uh, discussing, discussing. <laughs> comes from the chapter titled definiteness of purpose you guys have two chapters that encapsulates my one what is the second chapter of your uh, so the first one's definite of purpose definiteness of purpose and then education and religion right and so both of those are kind of rolled into this chapter um on right. mine so uh go ahead and follow along with us today so i just have a series of questions um so initially what were your guys overall thoughts on these chapters uh you guys want to go first i'll go first, yeah, go first. <laughs> um Devin always goes first. there's a lot of a lot of repetitiveness but one thing i'm picking up like at least moving forward into these new chapters so this, these two chapters for us is definite a purpose beats everything um even surmounts love it surmounts every it's like the holy grail of finding who you need to be as a person to outwit the devil um if you're able to be knocked off that board of your purpose and in your uh your standing of life, um, then the, de the devil can grasp you um, mentally, right? Like obviously all of, all of, a lot of this is thought process and, and being able to like harness your own thoughts is to control your own thoughts. Um, uh, I think these chapters are a little bit of repetitiveness. I don't, I, that's kind of what I got from it, uh, especially reading the last chapters. Um, but I would like to hear what you guys have to say, but I think definiteness and purpose is like a strong thing that the devil like, it, it gives you a clear sense of like why you're here and why you're living. Mm. So if you just to, to build off of what Devin said, you know, um, the purpose thing, I, I think yeah. about it like we learned about hypnotic rhythm in the chapters prior and like hypnotic rhythm is one part of being able to become non-drifting, but the purpose part is what aims you. So like you have to have good habits, but then you have that purpose behind them. So like when I was reading this, I was like, I think I have good habits, but I don't necessarily have a purpose I'm aiming towards. Mm. Right. Okay. Um, so, and then really what stuck out to me the most, and maybe just because it's really because of like my career right now and kind of how I've been thinking lately, but I really liked how it, he, he goes into detail about all the things that he, that we should be teaching kids. Uh -huh. And um, I just really liked it. I think it, it, it like, it validates what a lot of what I think in here already. And uh, I found myself thinking about that while answering students' questions and stuff and, and having this book in the back of my head. Mm -hmm. Well, did you guys have like those 25 points, the fundamental points that the devil pointed out in your guys's? In your guys yes. Book? Okay, yeah. cool. Is that what you're talking about? Like all those yes. different points? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How you exactly. fix the education system? Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I thought that was a really interesting part. It, it was calling out like a lot of things. You know what I mean, Seriously. I could see why this book might have pushed the boundaries a little bit at the time. 
Yeah, know? yeah. And, yeah. And we'll talk about that more. The school thing. Yeah. I mean, it, it like it's actually a subject I like. It's a subject that I thought about prior to, to what I do now, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. I think John's gonna have a lot to go in on on this uh, topic because you know, for those watching, he's he's a teacher and he works with um, you know, kids. So high school kids. Okay. I'm gonna get canceled now. <laughs> okay, cancel in, in um, europe yeah. <laughs> no all right how about you uh um, david what were your overall thoughts of this chapter or these chapters for you um i kind of got the same vibe from uh that you know devin was talking about it's it's a little bit repetitive and and some of the stuff that he's asking the devil but it's interesting because as as i'm reading the repetitive things about you know uh, uh like just habits and non-drifters and thinking for yourself i think it's written in a way that's being repetitive because it's trying to prove the point that repetition um is uh sort of in itself like he, he's enacting upon the hypnotic rhythm to get the answers from the double does that make sense yeah yeah, yeah that's a good way to put it yeah because yeah, there's times where the devil's like like why are you forcing me to keep repeating myself or something but mm-hmm. he's there's the the point of that is to, you know, he's practicing what he's preaching, you know what and I mean? Just another way, way of looking at it too, like during prosecution, like if you're on trial, you can get like cross-examination, right? And so you can get asked a question in different ways and to make yeah. sure you answer like the same way. Right. And like if your answers are consistent, asking a question in different angles, then like the answer is pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It's almost like you're telling the truth from all the angles that you're like asking from. Yeah, yeah trying to see if you're you're consistent in your, yeah. your response. Yeah, exactly. You're trying to see if you're consistent yeah. with your answer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good way of looking um, at it. I I actually thought this was probably the best chapter. Yeah. Up to this point, yeah. just because it's like we've talked about the interview with the devil, and we've we've kind of gone over an overarching theme of this kind of interview with the devil, but we're finally stepping into the seven principles for the actual discussion of the book. So I thought it was really cool to actually finally start to break down here's one thing that you can really use right you know so i I thought it was a really good chapter um but we'll jump into what does it mean to have definiteness of purpose um i think when he states um when napoleon hill asked him is ask the ask the devil uh is the habit of definiteness a permanent protection against your control and he says no by no means um definiteness doesn't close the door um it it allows in his words it says the door of one's mind to me only as long as that person follows the principle as a matter of policy once any person hesitates procrastinates or becomes indefinite about anything he is just one step removed from my control so definiteness is that like first step away from i guess um the devil's opposition which we know as like god once you step out of your own your own journey your own definiteness of purpose um that's the first step that the, the devil like signif- signif- signifies to him like self that this person may be swift uh s- surely but slowly but surely stepping out of his own like divine way of thinking mm-hmm. right that definiteness should be like your barricade it should be like your wall like um but i think it when he said he also states um the person with no plan compared to a person that has a sound plan the definiteness could be the same and the person with a weak plan can still be as strong as a person with no plan 
And okay. I think like, go ahead, John. Yeah, I'm happy you said that because I, I wanted to touch on that. So like, yeah. uh, a quote right from the book: the, "The devil says weak plans have a way of becoming strong if definitely applied." And I thought about that. I thought back to I always bring up like the paint incident and us painting. So like, yeah. great example. So we each have canvases. Uh, you know, some of our peers spend a lot of time devising a plan of what they're going to paint, right? And like my plan was weak, but my definiteness of just that I'm going to put paint on the canvas and make art yeah. ended up becoming stronger at the end of the thing because like I just I was just going to paint. That was that was it, right? Yeah, and right. Like, even though my plan was weak, the outcome ended up being better and they had all the planning in the world, but the the like to do the thing never was applied so right. you know the outcome was less mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i think that, that was a, a uh I, I guess a point that really stood out to me is is you don't need to know exactly the plan from start to finish you just need to start and then your definite and purposeness like the reason why you started should be stronger than why you're trying to finish right like you, you should be able to push yourself to the finish line just from start just by starting um and, and while you're moving through your challenges and the successes and the the pitfalls and the upbringings, like you'll realize you'll be reminded on why you started and why, why, why the devil can't knock you off your path. It grows in your, it grows as John was saying, like it grows over time. Yeah. I heard a quote, um, back in my early days of starting college, it was, uh, sometimes God requires you to take a couple steps in the dark before he turns the light on. Yeah. I've heard that. And, before. uh, I think it kind of boils down to faith. If you, even if you have a weak plan, you have a general aim. Taking a couple steps in the dark <clears throat> before the lights turn on, yeah, it requires faith and some sort of definiteness that this is my end goal, mm -hmm. right? So that that was kind of just a quote that stood out to me in the sense of weak plan definiteness versus strong plan and indefiniteness. Yeah, right. Um, one of the big things about why definiteness of purpose is so it's one of the huge principles that he kind of institutes in this book is it's the antithesis to drifting. Yeah. Right. I'm not drifting if I'm for, if I'm certain about where I'm going. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that was a big plan of attack overall in this, in this chapter for yeah. me was like, this is why we have definite and purpose definiteness of purpose is to get away from drifting. But that doesn't mean you're completely secluded from the, yeah. uh, the bribe yeah. right, right. that he talks about. Um, yeah, I like I like when you said that. Like it, it like it uh, it reminds you of faith, and I, that's what the, that's where I took my notes was where Napoleon Hill states uh, he asked the question. He says, in other words, if one cannot all, uh, be always right, one can and should always be definite. Is that what you're trying to get across to me? Mm. And the devil says that is the idea. People who are definite in both their plans and their purposes never accept temporary defeat as being more than an urge to greater effort. And it's like yeah. you're gonna be defeated the devil's going to try like whatever yeah. form of devil that you see in your life, like they're uh -huh. going to try and get you to quit. Jump into um, a little bit later in the chapter too. Cause I think that ties in perfectly with what you just said was that <clears throat> there's a quote that says the person who moves with definiteness recognizes the difference between temporary defeat and failure. Mm -hmm. When plans fail, he substitutes others, but he does not change his purpose. He preserves preserves. Perseveres. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was interesting that um, even if someone knows, you know, their plan and they stick with their 
their purpose or their definite definiteness of purpose or their intention, you know, cause it, there's, I guess with definiteness of purpose could also mean just intention, um, that, uh, you don't, you know, the difference between defeat and, uh, temporary defeat and failure mm-hmm. and success isn't even guaranteed. Um, even if you have both of those, right. Um, so I yeah. thought that was interesting. Did he yeah. mention Thomas Edison in your guys' copy? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, the the purpose or, you know, his intention was to keep trying, right? And then uh, took a hundred failure or temporary thousands. defeats, th- yeah. thousands of temporary defeats before, you know, we have electricity now. So shout out to Thomas Edison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, we talked about what was that. it? Light bulb? Yeah, the light bulb. Uh, all right. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, electricity that's, that's usable mm-hmm. right, on a grand scale. Right. So John, if, if a student came up to you and was like, Hey, um, I've kind of, I've read about this, I've read this book and it talks about definiteness of purpose, but I don't quite understand what that means. What would you tell them? And how can I use it? The, how can I use it part is, is how I would touch on because the first part, that's kind of a thinker, you know? Yeah. Um, but how can I use it is setting realistic goals like your whole life is like one big thing so it's kind of hard to think like what's my purpose you know but for example i was thinking of uj with uh okay you wanted to be more in shape and you set this goal for i think it was 400 miles in a year right Mm -hmm. so like the the purpose like what you definitely have to do was you're like i have to run 400 miles and you racking miles every day every week and if you were if you took a couple of days off, you, you could calculate how many miles you still need to run. Yeah, and right. by applying that, you achieve something, you know? Mm-hmm. You, and what do you achieve along the way? Like only you know, because you, that was your experience points. Yeah. Um, so if, if you can just find little things in your life to at least be like, I want this, I'm gonna do these things to make it happen. And like, let, let that kind of guide you, you know? Like, so like, what do you want? Like yeah. physical fitness is always the easy one. Yeah. And like you set a goal and you're definite about it, you know? Yeah. So almost like um identify the boulder and then identify the pebbles that make up the boulder. Yeah. That was beautifully put. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah. yeah, I think that's that's a great way to put it. Anything else to add on that? Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's one step at a time, but you first have to find that like I guess the boulder. You have to find the grandiose thing that you're like you're chasing like it's not going to come tomorrow though like so that's the thing is like you don't have to find the grandiose thing you can just find something small like like one asset of your life like whether it's like i want to have an a in history class okay what does that look like does that mean like studying and doing homework like to to definitely get an a like what would you have to do you know I, i was just talking to johnny about this um you know shout out to johnny he's the one who recommended this book um, uh, we were talking last night on the uh, patio, yeah. but what we're talking about right now, I think is what kind of sets the hypnotic rhythm in motion. Cause he asked me, what's the difference between motion and action? And it didn't really make sense to me at first because I was like, well, mo- what do you mean? What's the difference between motion and action? But he basically said that the motion is the, the plan to do something and action is just like the the actual verb it's doing something and then doing something like action right i'm gonna you you have a goal of you know running mm-hmm. uh, for, would you say 400 miles yeah so you instead of 
you know, planning so much to the point where it doesn't happen, you had to initially take the action to actually get it done. Mm -hmm. And then over time that builds the, the habit of it because it becomes second nature to you. You're like, Oh, I I guess I got to run. You know what I mean? I was just thinking about it as an example for yesterday. It was about 6 PM and it was like kind of dark outside and I wanted to go out do something. But then I was like, I feel like I'm just going to go take a run right now. But the old version of me, I think, wouldn't have gotten to the habit of of running unless I took so many action days of me just like, all right, I, I got to be a runner. I want to be healthy. That my purpose was to to get fit. So that became something that's ingrained in me now just by simply taking the action. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I thought it was interesting. And I think it kind of applies to what we're talking about. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. He He said the word motion. I think that's interesting. Yeah. Because it's usually the motion to do something. I have a motion to run. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Definitely. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to relay that into a question of what are you definite about in your life? I think uh, we talked about it when we read um, seven habits of JVP um, and we established like our personal mission, personal mission statements. I think that gives me at least a good ground and why like, like keeping it simple one day at a time, like not thinking about like, Oh, where I want to end up. But like, I know I want to go there, but like, what do I need to do today? And I think waking up with like the sense of integrity, uh, keeping my, like when I, even if I'm like down or like, Oh, I don't want to do this. Like I, I try to keep my head high and like move throughout my day as if everything is moving the way I want it to. Um, like if, when I go to the gym, I'm like, Oh, I don't want to go to the gym. Like, I think putting my mom, reminding myself that like people are going to look to me for, if it's not inspiration, if it's like not my family, if it's not like friends, someone's going to be looking at me as if to be like a role model in some way. Um, and I want to be that, be that person for somebody in this world, even if it's just one person. And I don't, I don't want to let myself down by like going without being remembered that like I held myself to the highest capability that I was supposed to hold myself to and yeah, I that's think, your your sense of purpose yeah that's like my sense of like once i find to be a role model yeah like not mm, i wouldn't like if say you like, put it into one thing my de- my per- my definiteness of purpose is blank that's hard well in the beginning you said uh seven habits of how they affected people was a personal mission statement and i recall laying out principles mm-hmm. in that mission statement are you definite in those principles yeah name one integrity um being able to, were you going to say something, John? Like, what does integrity mean? Uh, like, so when I, I, I just, I, ex, I expect or demand the same respect that I show you, right? So if, if I'm showing you certain things that I want, like if I'm being polite, let's say just polite, I demand the same respect, right? That's, that's integrity to you? Well, it's like, like you have to be able to show yourself to the world how you want the world to show itself to you it, wait, like, wait, wait, you just said that you demand respect well not like not demand it but like more of a you put it out there for the world yeah if, I, if i'm like if i'm exposing myself like uh not even like i'm using the wrong word well to be a man of integrity <clears throat> is to act the same way you do in front of people than you do that Behind. you do when you're alone yeah. someone google right. definition of, of integrity let's see that's the one thing first let's get let's get that nailed down yeah okay so integrity 
the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, moral uprightness. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, you you can demand integrity from somebody else, but in to be a man of integrity is is solely um, within you a personal thing. Yeah, right. And so, but like, so what I think what I'm trying to say is, if I don't demand that integrity within myself, why can I go out into the world and demand it from other people? Mm -hmm. Right. That starts from within me first. And so I don't demand, like I, I should not use that word demand. I should use like a um, reciprocate, right? I, I would want people to hold the same integrity that I hold within myself that like, if I go out into the world and that I'm trying to do best for society or my community, I would hope everybody's doing the same, but I can't, yeah. I can't demand that. I think you've I mean, committed to a purpose for yourself, Yeah. right? I think we might see it from a paradigm like me, Jay and John of, you know, I have a purpose like for mine is to empower others around me through like creative art or, you know, the skills that I have, right. And to kind of get people to break down why they think they can't do the things they, they want to do. Right. I think Devin's is, is more of like the one that you said integrity that just makes me think of like Devin's purpose is to, you know, to um, maybe establish these things within himself. It's like more of like, this is my purpose for myself. Does that make sense? Like a commitment to himself. So the definiteness is you've, you've laid out is the purpose of role model being an integral. Yeah. Man. I would, okay. Role model. I want to say, um, what's another word for like just one word role model. Um, a leader, leader and influence. Not only want to say influencer because today that's think like about weird. It. Think about oh, it. I'm going to come around a circle. All right, John, here. what are you definite about? Uh, two things. Um, I'm definite about physical fitness. I love it. Okay. Um, I, I think that's one thing. If I would die, they'd be like, that boy could work. You know? Yeah. He's a farm um, animal. <laughs> um, and I think I like, I like, I'm purposeful with making people uncomfortable thinking wise. I find myself a lot of times pushing people's buttons in conversation because I want mm -hmm. them to think me too. Um, why do you want them to think just about think I, about anything or what do you, would you be more specific? I, I just want them to think. You don't think they're thinking? No. <laughs> like, like for example, like this kid was making something. Um, and I'll use this. I'll, I'll use two examples, a student and an adult. This kid was making something and he was like, Mr. Croson, come here. I was like, what's up? And he was like, how would you do this? And he was already halfway there. And I was like, um, and after reading this chapter, you know, one of the, you know, and he was like, I was like, okay, well, how would you do it if I didn't, if I wasn't here? And I made him give me an example. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And it wasn't a good one, you know? And then I was like, okay, think of another example and tell me how you do it another way. Right. He, he thought about it again. And he gave me another example. And I was like, okay. And then I just left. Like you have two choices, you know? Yeah. No, that's a good, that's good. So he kind of put the ball on his court. Yeah. But like, he just wanted me to give him the answer. I wanted him to think, you know? Right. right. And that's your purpose is to get people to, to think when they're sort of like, I just want someone to give me, to think for me. Yeah. And like, you guys just see me like when we're out drunk, like, like <laughs> I'll, I'll fucking like pick like an ideological fight just for funsies, you know? Yeah. Because like, um, I want you to think about it. So you're sparking you know? independent thinkers. Mm. I would like that. That's there we go. I would like to. I would like to spark accurate thinkers. Someone who's just thinking about it, skeptical. 
Yeah. Okay. Right. How about That's the adult it. version? You were saying you have a kid and you have an adult. The adult version, we were uh, debating about Twitter and what is free speech, what is misinformation, what is disinformation, what is true, what is not true, what is um, is is the like um, suppression of information that is true. Is that uh -huh. misinformation? And I showed her a, a bunch of things, examples of why I think the pre preemptive uh, um, distinguish of like information is just as bad as misinformation. Right. And um, we had a long talk, and I think at the very least, I made her I made her go go back into her classroom and think about it. Think. Uh -huh. Um. And and like I I wasn't like I was just being just like I was like. I mean, think about both sides. I was like, what, what's more dangerous? Misinformation or the suppression of valuable information because of, I like, be, because you think it's wrong at the time. You know, what, what's, what's more harmful? Mm -hmm. Ideological Dude, differences. It's crazy. Yeah. I was just talking to Johnny about that stuff last night that uh, someone who's sparking independent leaders, and I mean, it talks about it in the book, um, they're almost like a threat to society. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, because, I mean, we let's say like politically, without getting too deep, that we we consider things in the binary, left or right. But if you're the whole point of living here is is the ability to, I see it this way, you see it this way. We could fight and you know yeah. argue and talk shit, but at the end of the day, we can recognize. Okay, maybe we could start to see it a little bit differently, yeah. but come to our own decisions at the end of the day, and we're still it's okay. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the cause of independent thinking or the person that's sparking independent thought. Let's say John, for example. Right. There's someone that's super one way and he's like, no, no, like think for yourself. Like, you know what I mean? Consider this and, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. He's a threat to a lot of people that think like that and see him as something that's like completely opposite of like what's okay. foundationally in their eyes ideology the ideal version of what John should be. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It gets me thinking. Yeah. You know, independent thinkers. That's why it calls out. If, if more, if right at the devil saw more independent thinkers. Um, How would you define an independent thinker? Someone, someone who can, who can accurately think someone who is skeptical of the truth, you know, um, yeah. well, who sees both sides or is a, uh, is able to so when you say so because like back to what you're saying david like the binary left and right like not not even think about politics but like let's say like types of computers windows versus mac when like how john said accurate when you can think accurately well accurately is based on your own personal paradigm so right like the real the i think there's an objective truth in a lot of stuff but we decide to have different opinions about a lot of things because we have different truths. That makes sense. Right. And I think the person that's a, no, really? <laughs> I'm like, Trump, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. All wrong. Look, there's only truths. We don't there's have only, different yeah. truths. We have different opinions. Okay. Wrong. Truths are like, Fact. like, like I have a blood type. That's a truth. Okay. Yeah. I have a height. That's a truth. Um, I think I'm funny. That's an opinion. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, I think I, I was like, cause you're saying accurate of thought, like, well, the accuracy of your thought is based on like how true your thought is. 
right? Because what if it, what if we're talking about like Windows versus Mac? That's all opinion based. There's no real fact behind any like this computer is better than that computer. Well, how Wait, do you? Sure, sure there is. Uh, you could look at the specs of the computer. Yeah. So how, that's how fast does it like compute? Right? Like, like if you, uh, how nice is the screen? Yeah, yeah, what apps can it run? What yeah. what what storage does it have? How big's the screen? That's the truth. Yeah, I think I think we're getting hung up on the word accurate. Right. That's what because that's because accurate is like it's yeah. it's hard to like what I because I, I hear I know you guys are saying like truth is based in objective understanding of something like absolutely I agree with that mm-hmm. but I think when you say like accurate of thought like when you're talking about like um, let's say debating with somebody your accurate thought could be in truth but this person's trying to push you off that and like you guys both know and understand like the accurate and the truth that you're like the facts that you're providing is based on everybody seeing the same facts objectivity is, is everything that you're stating objective because this per, if this person's willing to knock you off of that i don't understand i think we're getting off yeah. train a little bit yeah so i'm, I'm probably thinking a little bit too much about <laughs> like the accurate no, no, i thought. think it's the the example right it's because what you're asking is, is preference yeah. and that's where subjectivity comes in but if it's something it's like okay, man yeah, versus yeah. woman yeah there's objectivity in that debate Right. So there's truth in that de- yeah. debate. Right. Because it's been it's been founded on science and years and years of study. True, true. But, but when it comes to computer, that's a completely subjective idea. Um, but I'm going to return us back to the question of and I'll ask you, David, um, what are you definite about? What am I definite about? I'm hmm. getting this pussy dog. Sorry. Fucking <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dog. Yeah. Devin's uh, mom's in the room. Dog. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah, okay, you can't hear me. Cancel. Yeah, sorry. Uh, uh, no, nah, my definiteness, my definiteness of purpose is to. I, I go back to kind of the the mission statement that we talked about when we first read Seven Habits was just assembly empower those around me through uh, the skills that I have and you know creativity and um, being able to use it as a vehicle to show people how to think differently, even about themselves, mm-hmm. you know? So um, my follow would be, how does that apply? How are you applying that? How am I applying that? Um, you know, I think just being a, a graphic designer here um, in Fresno, I think the creativity, like when most people think of creative arts and uh, just like des- the art and design in general, they, they look to, you know, bigger cities and like LA, SF, New York, uh, Bay area type stuff. And I think there's a lot of potential here in Fresno. I think people just got to be able to see it for themselves within themselves. So I think, you know, my, my purpose is to empower those who, who like even artists or young design, young artists, young designers to see it, to see that it is possible, you know, um, and it just takes you to see it for yourself and empower others around you. Like we're all on the same team. Um, And so I think that's how I apply it is I have to put myself in a position to give back and provide that knowledge or, or whatever, just inspire. uh, Like my, my path may look different than yours, but you know, it is possible. Um, And so I try and do that for the, the artist community. Okay. And yeah. and here in Fresno. So you're trying to be that lighthouse. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I lead um a design group um within my the the tech ecosystem that I work at Bitwise. I have the designer um 
mm-hmm. meetups. Those are cool. I get to talk to the young apprentices that are, or even just, you know, it's a wide range of ages, but yeah. uh, just the apprentices that feel like they're not ready yet to go to apply to a job yet because they only have an apprenticeship under their belt or they don't feel like they're ready to freelance yet. I get a lot mm. of that, that same answer. I don't feel like I'm ready. Mm. I don't feel like I'm good enough. Right. Well, your feelings are kind of, it would be all over the place. Right. But you could at least watch tutorials and get better and start, you know, maybe establishing your own purpose. Okay. This is my plan. I want to get here, but mm. okay. I can keep doing these skills learn these things, what events am I attending? Who am I networking with? All of those things, I feel like people uh, aren't really thinking about that stuff. But I think if they're just shown that they can do these things, they'll increase their opportunity by like so much, not even skill-wise, just being able to like be who you are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting because you guys all, <clears throat> all said different things, but they all kind of come back to the idea of being an inspiration and making people think for themselves. Yeah. Right. You, yeah. John, Bev, it's interesting how that was that common thread, right? Right. Make people think, expecting, uh, expecting respect, expecting integrity, and then being a lighthouse and expecting a certain amount of purpose and definiteness from your, your say, apprentices, right? Yep. Yeah. It's, I think that's, that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Uh, for myself, I put <clears throat> life is a nonstop learning experience. And, um, I'm su- I feel extremely definite about that because I feel like there's um like you're always a student. Yeah, because right now I'm debating uh for myself personally is there go to a PhD program or go to into the professional world, right? And it doesn't have to be a dichotomy in the sense of or it can be and, yeah, right? Yeah. If you continue to learn and treat life as a nonstop learning experience, PhD isn't out of the out of the realm of possibility if it's not done now, right? Yeah, true. De- learning how to date is a nonstop learning experience. Mm-hmm. When you're dating long term, it doesn't stop. You have to continue to learn that skill. Right. I I think personally that's a that's a definiteness of purpose in my life is that I don't ever want to stop learning. Yeah. Okay. Right. I like so, it. <clears throat> that's mine. That that's one of them that I that I really took away is that the purpose is to not stop learning and to be definite cool. in that. So that, that would be mine. Um, so my, my next question, unless you, you kind of cleared yours up. Yeah. Well, I have it like, it's, I need to I clear it more like, okay. With time. You know what I mean? Like, okay. cause I think I don't want to put my, I don't want to project. Okay. And I think I, that needs to be more clear. So I think, uh, you need a little more time. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah, That's we'll fine. Come we'll come back, back to it. it. Yeah. So, uh, well, there's been, there's a litany of exchanges in this chapter, but I wanted to ask, were there any exchanges between Hill and the devil that really stood out to you in this chapter? Let's see, mm-hmm. I could start with one. You guys continue to look. Yeah. yeah. So um, in, in the original unedited text version uh, on page 189. So let me flip over to that. Okay. Page 189. Here we go. The devil says, imitation becomes a fixed habit. Naturally, the child imitates, first of all, its parents. Then it begins to imitate its other relatives and daily associates, including its religious instructors and school teachers. The imitation extends not merely to physical expression, but also to thought expression. If a child's parents 
fear me and express that fear within the range of the child's hearing. The child picks up that fear through the habit of imitation and stores it away as part of its subconscious stock of beliefs. If the child's religious instructor expresses any form of fear of me, and they all do in one form of another, that fear is added to the similar fear passed to the child by its parents, and the two forms of negative limitation are stored away in the subconscious mind to be drawn upon and used by me later in life. In a similar way, in a similar way the child learns by imitation to limit its power of thought by filling its mind with envy, hatred, greed, lust, revenge, and all other negative impulses of thought, which destroy all possibility of definiteness. And what I really took away from this is... <clears throat> Parents teach through verbs or, or um, excuse me, teach through words, but refuse to look at the actions in the sense that a parent does its actions and the parent, uh, the, the, the student or kid imitates that. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like people neglect that side of the parenting. Um, like you're talking about like subconscious action things that you just do without like paying attention that your child may be around. Um, how about just like this, a parent that smokes cigarettes, uh -huh. a parent that smokes cigarettes and says, Hey, don't smoke cigarettes, but still smoke cigarettes and expects that that, that child not to imitate their behavior. Yeah. Imitation is the immediate way of learning for a baby. Uh -huh. Right? So if you act in a certain way and a child imitates that before the child can even think for itself, it's already a, been wrapped into the devil's web i see what you're saying if you have bad habits and a child imitates that which yeah. is the first way the child learns immediately that child has no chance yeah. right i think that stood out to me because mm -hmm. um i grew up around uh, many different people many different figures in my life and imitation was a big thing uh but i'm just if you latch on to the wrong person, that can lead to a lifetime of problems. Yeah. Well, I don't even think it's latching. I think imitation just like if you're a child, then like that's all you know is to imitate. Right. And yeah. think about how what you can imitate nowadays. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Right. I mean, everything's I, have, at your I have a younger sister. There's there's women in my life. Um, if you were to imitate what you see online, what would you look like? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, well, it's interesting yeah. how how powerful imitation could be. So that was one that stood out to me. And um, it makes you think, too, because, I mean, kids aren't out of the picture, and that's something I desire later in life. Things have to be corrected before that can happen. That's, and that's why it stood out so much to me. That's, that's crazy. That's a hard, because it's like, um, if you're speaking with the parent that thought, like, they could teach their child, like, <clears throat> a cigarette thing. Yeah. Like, how would they be, like, not asking how, but, like, hypothetically, like, how would yeah. that person be able to teach their child not to get into, like, a bad habit when they have a lot of bad habits? Don't do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, yeah, it's by fine. being like literally a lighthouse. I mean, that's why like this being shit. Yeah, like that. This shit for real. Because I, I hear all that stuff and I think of like all the positive ways. Like even you said, like yep. think of who, think of who you could um, mimic for all the yep. people online. It's like well, you could fucking yeah. mimic someone dope online and exactly. like become, yeah. become dope. And like I think right. about it, I, I get to go to school every day, get to go to work and be around these kids, mm -hmm. and fucking every day I'm laughing and having a good time. And I think yep. back to it. Like my yeah. one teacher who like, he showed me, you can fucking have fun every day if you want to, you know? Yeah. And like, I come in, the kids see me at the gym every day. They see me, I'm happy. It's like, yo, fuck it, guys. This shit can be fucking good. Like, you see yeah. what I'm saying? Like, like life can be good. Like, that's why I, I actually it's get upset when I, when I see teachers who fucking like, who are cynical. And I'm like, you're literally poisoning their brain. You understand? Right. Like, like, because maybe 
they they respect you and you have a yeah. cynical view i was like don't paint them a nasty color like, like we have a chance to like like help fill in some lines like like wouldn't you want to be happy you know yeah <laughs> like exactly so, so what i took away from it and what i'd extend to the viewer or listener is be aware of your actions um and and take heed of, of the habits you have because somebody's watching uh, and that's somebody you want that may be somebody you want to live a good life. And if they're imitating you, make sure they're imitating good habits. That's why yeah. I, I took so such Real. a, it, it stood out to me so much. Right. Yeah. I like it. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you can take that in a lot of different ways, but yeah, yeah. go ahead. How about you guys? Let's see. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was interesting how Napoleon Hill was having this conversation with the devil about uh, how love can be dangerous. Uh, love and fear because mm, mm. um, Napoleon Hill's like is love for one's relatives also dangerous and the answer from the devil was like yeah the love for anything or anyone save only the love of definite of purpose may become dangerous love is a state of mind which beclouds reason saps willpower and blinds one to facts and truth I don't know I thought that this section was yep. really interesting um, I disagree with him on that why? Because, I mean, as long as, as long as you have principles, as long as you already have a set of rules for stuff, like, I don't think love can hurt you, you know? Mm. Like, it's, it's supposed to only be good things. Like, sometimes, like, sometimes making a decision could be harder because you love that person, you know? I think it could be, he says love could, may become dangerous. You don't think, you know, he's not saying that it's something okay. that's always going to be, but you don't think love has the potential to be dangerous for someone? No, dude. If anything, love is like, see, what, I what, 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 what rescues you from danger, you know? I think, I think love could potentially blind you to something like, like what he's saying. Just because, just for me personally, I mean, yeah, I didn't have, principles in there but i in my head i was like this is love mm. you know what i mean and uh it did be cloud my reason and um the facts and the truth i did not see <laughs> even though i think love is is great it's you know i think uh yeah i don't know your I just, brain wasn't working right the, nah, the nah, brain nah. doesn't start working until you're 25 anything <laughs> before then you just throw it in the bucket and say i was retarded okay yeah, no but even people after 25 mm. well then okay combined i think both yeah. can be right right because uh, let's say on john's tip it says here um the devil's talking about you know he says love should be under one's definite control at all times and i think this is under john's idea that if you have your principles you won't act a, a certain way because you act according to your principles right but what you're saying right is say you're dating somebody who's lazy right yeah and your principles you don't we haven't fully developed them yet Right. Right. And you date this person, you have a purpose, but it's not fully definite. And you start becoming engulfed by this person's laziness. Right. Uh -huh. And you guys just kick it all the time. And because of that, you get led into drifting. Right. Right. So I think you're correct in your sense. Right. Because it happens to all of us at one point. And John yeah. is correct, too, because he's developed those principles. So let's say he does fall in love with somebody. He's still not going to betray his principles because he has a code right yeah so I, I think both it's can be the right. love can't hurt you if boom 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 right right 
And, and yeah. uh, the devil says here, love is a desirable state of mind, but it is also palliative, which may be used to limit or destroy reason and willpower, both of which rate above love and importance to human beings who want freedom and self-determination. Mm. Palliative means basically uh, attacking the leaves of the bush without taking out the root. Yeah. Now, now looking, thinking about it, you know, love and fear, right? Like fear. Why would, why would love make me, why would be, why would it be dangerous? And I think at the time for me personally in my life, when it was dangerous for me, it was that there was a lot of fear at the same time for love because I was fearful that I didn't want this to be uh, something I didn't have anymore. Right. My Mm -hmm. fear was the loss of love, which is (laughs) literally talked about in the book. Right. So I could see how that, yeah, totally could be dangerous for someone. Right. Like, you know, I don't think that's the only thing that. Yeah, it's like you're operating. With I you. love you. Yeah. I mean, so we have to stay together. Right. Yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer said, I love you, dog. <laughs> My God. No. I'm sure. Love. I'm sure. All right. How about you, John? Anything stand out to you? Not this one. Not this mention. Okay. Yeah, I would say the one, another point that stood out for me is where he start, He talks about um, duty gets uh some people misconfuse that um or not really understand the meaning of it um he asked uh, napoleon hill asked he says aren't people sometimes bound to others by a relationship of du- duty mm. which renders it impractical for them to take from life what they want most the devil says duty is one of the most absurd and misunderstood words in existence the first duty of every human being is to himself every person owes himself the duty of finding how to live and f- to live a full and happy life Beyond this, if one has time and energy not needed in the fulfillment of his own desires, one may assume responsibility for helping others. And I think that's what I was trying to get across. Like, because I remember reading that part and it's like, I don't ever try to project my principles onto people. I just, I think highly of like the world. And so, because I think highly of like where I want to place myself. So when I need to find a definite, like definite purpose in, um, I guess you could call it like being a role model. Um, but I wouldn't even say like, I'm not trying to inspire others. I want others to do right by themselves. Mm-hmm. Like treat yourself with good health, treat yourself to good relationships, mm-hmm. healthy partners, right? Like you shouldn't put yourself in a fearful mentality where like you feel threatened by the person that's supposed, supposed to love you. Like, you know right. what I mean? Like that they could leave at any moment based on like what you do. And I don't know that, that kind of like summed a lot of uh, my own understanding of my own principles. It's like you need to, put your uh, oxygen mask on first before you can help other people. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. okay. So, okay. So it, it stood out to you because before you can help other people, you have to help yourself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. Cool. Um, I had, I have one more and I thought this was really interesting. It ties into my last point, but um, Napoleon asks, why don't you take over omnipotence and manage the world, the whole world uh, and make it work in your own way? Uh, omnipotence being God or the infinite intelligence, whatever you think that is. Um, and, and the devil answers, why doesn't omnipotence take over me and manage the world works his way? The answer is definite and accurate. Neither can take over the other because each controls one half of the power, which keeps the universes under organized control. You might as well ask why the negative portion of the electron doesn't take over the positive portion. Portion. I don't think they had a good grasp on chemistry at the time, uh, <laughs> but I'm going to let that one slide and then uh, <laughs> run the entire works. The answer is both positive and negative charges of energy are necessary to the existence of the, the uh, element. One is balanced equally against the other, stalemated as it were. So it is what, uh, with what you call omnipotence and I, 
We represent the positive and negative forces of the entire system of universes, and we are equally balanced one against the other. If this power of balance were shifted in the slightest degree, the whole system of universes would become quickly reduced to a mass of inert matter. Now you know why I cannot take over the whole show and run it my way. Mm. And so what I thought was so interesting is the idea that positive and negative must remain balanced. Chaos and order must remain balanced, yeah. right? If, if Let's just say that's true, right? And props to Napoleon Hill for writing this, right? Let's say he did talk to the devil. That's still like a huge yeah. observation, right? If I think it's so interesting because it's like, well, God, why doesn't God just take over? It's like, well, he can't because there's a natural balance to things. To everything, yeah. Right? And I just thought it was so interesting that, you know, we, I don't know about you guys, when you look into the world, you see it as more negative or more positive or balanced. Say balance. I, I know it's easier to focus on the negative things. I think that's why negative things exist because it's easier to look at, mm-hmm. but or easier it's to like it's human push to the yeah. Like we were attracted the to the negativity. Yeah, yeah. but mm-hmm. um, it's good officer. Like I think that that makes total sense. Like I think I, I just I, had a thought. I think I tend to see the world that there's more good than bad. Okay, but I don't know. Does that is that weird for me to say? Is that wrong? No, say no, it's no, perfectly no. balanced. I think that's no, because because there's someone else in the world who sees more bad. So you guys even each other out. Yeah. Right. And so it's so True. interesting that there's this balance that's always working. Right. And life's all about balance. You're talking about geology. You're talking about chemistry. It's all, everything's always looking for equilibrium. Right. So Ooh. like right now you might be in a negative part of your life, but at some point you have to have the flip. Yeah. Right. And so I just thought that was so like interesting that. because it's, it, it is something that I hold as a principle is that life is about balance. It yeah. all boils down to balance. And um, I, it really just stood out to me in the sense that I always thought like, oh, God ruled the world or, or, or the devil owns the earth right now. And, and when we move on uh, to the next realm or plane, it's going to be all good. But as just an, just how things work, it can't work that way. People think you're going to go and you're just going to chill in heaven and it's all going to be good, but it, it just can't be that way. We're in heaven right now. Yeah. Ooh. Explain. <laughs> Explain. Well, I mean, like, for all we know, when we die, that's just it, you know? It could just be lights out. So, I mean, there's, we don't know. We don't know what consciousness is, but yeah, we think- do know that we're here right now, you know? Yeah. And, like, we get to be so lucky to be fucking conscious of, like, we get to have a thought, we get to have a thought battle, like, what's good, what's bad. Like, that's, like, we're already in heaven. You know, like we right now. I, I, I get the fucking sound. I'm just kidding. I, I, I get to go like hang out with my dog, hang out with my friends, smoke weed, get pussy. That's heaven, bro. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I'm already here. There you go. It's what you make it. Yeah, that's that was gonna say like because I think if like if it was all positive, then we would live in utopia. Like everything would be so like flower and roses and there is no utopia. Like, yeah, there's no utopia. Just what Jay talking about, like the the balancing someone in my head is like, okay, when you play a game. It's got to be the very minimum two player, you know, there's got to be opposition or it's not a game. Like that's the whole point, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Even so, if it's computer. Yeah. Even if it's computer, it's like a utopia. There is no, there is no player two. So yeah. like life, life just ceases to exist. Yeah. There's no resistance to anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, what I thought was really interesting as well is that, um, 
Napoleon Hill is asking the devil about, you know, power that he has and omnipotence or what God has. And he says, uh, the devil says, in some sense, uh, humans have more freedoms than we do. Than right. God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then God and, and the devil, because they have the option to choose. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's negative. And the God, and God is positive and they abide by those rules. Mm-hmm. And I, I was, I've never thought about it in that, in that way. It was like, we have the choice. The humans are yeah. the gray area. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're on, we're on the game piece, you know, like we're on the board, you know? Exactly. exactly. And, and then he says that God and the devil have to abide by rules that are immutable. Na- uh, natural rules and laws of the universe that are immutable meaning they can't be violated uh-huh. right and then my follow-up question to that was okay then who created the rules <laughs> right because no if god can't Thanos. violate the rule right like, and then the devil can't violate the rule but we can who created the rules and, and, and to me is like it, it boils down to the god conversation right it's like yeah. okay if god doesn't exist who created earth Okay, then who created this? Then who created this? And you're trying to get to the root of everything. And it's just, it's impossible for humans to understand and comprehend that idea. That's and why we have God. We can put all that in the box of God, you know? Exactly. We could throw what we don't understand in that box. And be like, not okay, on your own understanding. Not for us to get, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's I, I not. Thought it, was, it was just a question that raised to my head. I was like, okay, well, then who created those laws? Yeah, that's right. That's crazy. That's deep. So there was some good stuff in this chapter that really stood out to me. And I, w- I want to go back and reread it because um, I preach this to people. It's like, well, you know, you've gotten to this point in your life. How did you do it? It's like, well, I was definite in what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Right. I knew I loved geology. I'm going to go do that. And it ended up in all these different things that happened to me. And um, just a little yeah. bit of definiteness can it can go a long way. You can You can really learn a lot just based on making a choice and sticking with it. Right. Yeah. So um, other than that, that's all the points I have and all the questions I have. Is there anything you guys want to bring up? That's fine. About it. Yeah. um, If you have the book and you haven't really gotten to this part yet, go to the part where he starts talking about um, the 25. Let me see. Let me pull this up. You'll have to cut that when we're talking. Sorry. (laughs) You're good, man. No worries. Um, He talks, he has actually, it's 30, 33 different ways that uh, the devil oh, he talks actually, about. Like, numbers them for you. Yeah, yeah, he actually has them numbered here. Um, so he talks about the entire catalog and the order of importance uh, on ways to improve the education and religious uh, systems. Mm-hmm. And I thought they were really interesting. If you haven't, if you have the book and you haven't gotten to that point, pick it up, drop it down below. Which one would you institute right away? Right? Cool. Interesting. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in for another episode of Paradigm Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show and learned a thing or two. Um, Before you take off, remember to subscribe to the channel, like the video, hit the bell next to the subscription button, and drop a comment down below. What was your favorite part of this chapter? Did we miss something? Drop it down below. We'd love to hear about it. And follow us on our social media platforms. All the information you need will be down in the description box below. And before you take off, remember who you are now and the actions you perform now equals who you'll be tomorrow. Peace. Peace. Peace.